Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. And I'd like to point yeah. out that I, I skipped my sauna session to get here. You know, it worked out <laughs> really hard. And my reward for living in the bitter cold of Nebraska, sitting in the sauna for 10 minutes after I work out, was like, yeah. oh, crap, I got to go. I got to go record a podcast. <laughs> so I like, run out and get over here. And I feel I feel so like, I don't know. Deprived. Those of you who <laughs> like saunas, like. You will never appreciate a sauna more than when it is negative five degrees outside and it's been yeah. that way for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to the sauna, you're like, oh, so this is what summer was like. <laughs> I think I've, I've forgotten what it's like to sweat. <laughs> so, anyways, we're here for part two of QBRs. I'm going to try to stretch this out into a four part series, people. <laughs> you know, last time we talked about the true purpose of QBRs and how. They're forward-looking, not history. You think review, you think, oh, I'm going to talk about the past court. No, mm. you're talking about your word review. Are we on the same plan together going forward? You're reviewing what you did, yes, as part of it, but it's a, it's a small part. It's not the whole thing. You're reviewing, are you all on the same page? And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how to actively listen to the client so that you make sure you're on the right page with them. How do you know? Like, what is the flag that says, oh, okay, we're we're lining up. Yeah. And finally, like, how you and your client both make money when you follow this script. Mm. So the first thing is, how do you actively listen to your client? And the number one thing for me to identify if, if I'm actively listening to the client is, do I understand how the project I am promoting is going to augment their business strategy. Can I put this new firewall that I want to install in context of business strategy? For instance, I want to install a new FortiGate 200, blah, 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 whatever series we're in now. It's like the enterprise, there's always a new letter. Anyways, I, I want to install this new FortiGate. I want to pitch it to my client. How is this going to help their business? Well, it's going to reduce their risk because this thing is going to be end of life in a year. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's try that. Let's try that again. I would like to get it so that you can work from home seamlessly. You open your laptop and you're immediately connected to your corporate network and you can access your files. You don't have to worry about any logins, you don't have to worry about like something additional. Right now you have to load up a application to get in to access everything you need to. What if on, on this new version, it's seamless. Anybody comes in can open up their laptop. They'll multi-factor to log in and it's a seamless experience. That's going to help everybody at home be more productive. It's going to help um, people work while they're on the road, when they're in airports and they're all going to be secure and they never have to remember to turn on their VPN. It's just going to be on. And so we're going to reduce risk and we're going to increase availability of workforce. Now, is that something that your client was concerned about? And that, yeah, that's the important part there. You know, I, I think for me, the active listening, it's an interesting step and I have to very intentionally do this, but I have to quit listening for the answers that I already have in my head. Uh, 
because I think sometimes we do that. We, we, we think we already know all that's going on and we're just we're just waiting for them to say the, the part where we can go. Aha. Yes, that's it. That's that's what I was waiting, waiting for. for confirmation, yes. not for discussion. And, and I have to stop and kind of set all my preconceived notions off to the side and just listen, you know, and and even try to, you know, use what they're saying to maybe disrupt my my previous opinions, uh, you know, to be intentional about looking at it from what I think is my clients, what I try to understand better my clients perspective on that. And so for me, that, that's the really big starting spot is to get out of what I think should be happening and look completely from my client's perspective. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing because you go to school and your teachers are not discussing with you. They're not trying to come yeah. up with a solution with you. They're telling you what you need to know. Even you get to college, it's not a discussion. It's mm -hmm. here. I'm trying to get you to this result. And so in your life, how often have you sat in a room and come up with a solution as a group and then presented that solution? How often does that happen? It's fairly new. Even if you go through and get your doctorate, like I'd say getting your doctorate is probably the first time you have to come up with something original. Even when you get your master's, you're still being guided to a solution by your mentor, by your, by your, um, your, whoever your sponsor is. At your doctorate level, you have to come up with something original and then you're going to have advisors are going to try to help you. Like, ah, I don't know. Like, here's what I would expect to happen. Um, if you try this experiment, maybe you'll get to that result. But the average human being does not go for their doctorate. <laughs> we yeah. spend entire lives being told what to do and then learning how to tell other people what to do. Mm -hmm. We rarely are taught yeah. how to discuss and come up with a solution where there's not somebody in the group who already knows what the answer is going to be. Everything's guided. Everything's structured. Right. So in a QBR, it's foreign. It's a foreign concept to a lot of people. Yeah. Because you're all sitting around this table and each of you have a piece to the puzzle and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the direction going forward? You have a quarterback, sure. And that's the uh -huh. CEO. But you're all sitting there with a piece of this puzzle and you're trying to decide where do we go forward? And if the technology person's like, I got to sell this firewall, the finance person says, I got to save money or I got to make money. The revenue officer's like, I got to get some more sales out there. And they're all worried about their own silos and they're waiting and trying to get everybody to get forward with them. So you're talking to CFO, they're trying to figure out how are they going to save money? Then you've got to show like return on investment. You've got to show all this stuff that you shouldn't have to show. But as a group, you should be coming up with it together. Why yeah. is this firewall necessary? Okay, let's be, let's be strict here, guys. I was a network admin for years at a very high level. All we really need is IP tables and some firewall ACL rules, and that'll run for 20 years. <laughs> now, why do we have layer seven security? <laughs> why do we have applications on firewalls? The scope creep of firewalls has gotten intense. Yes. So we keep trying to sell new firewalls. Why? What's the what's the new ability? It's like my iPhone. You know, I've got like, a, I think I have an iPhone 11 or something. I don't know. What is this thing? Anyway, <laughs> it's got three cameras on the back. I don't know because I buy iPhones based upon how are they going to augment my life? 
if Samsung came out with a feature I really wanted, it'd be a tough sell because I don't want to switch ecosystems. But I switched from Droid 2 to Apple because I wanted to have the same kind of phone my wife did. And then yep. my kids got iPhones, so they're all in the same ecosystem. Yep. If something came out with a better ecosystem, I would switch brands because it, it enhances my life somehow. Same thing with firewall. Same thing with any technology. Yep. I don't just want the new one. Yes, this is an old iPhone. I am not the cool kid on the block for having this Pro 11 or whatever, 13 or whatever it is. Yep. I'm not the cool kid. I don't care because it does everything I want it to and it's paid off. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're talking about new PCs and new servers and new software for your clients, you got to sell it to them in a way of how is this going to augment their business strategy? Yep. And that's how you know if you if if you are listening. So how to actively listen to your client. One, listen with the intent of understanding. Yeah. Don't think you have to have the answers. Uh, we talk about that a lot, or I do. Yeah. Just get that out of your head. You don't have to have the answers. Listen with the intent of discovery and thinking, I need to understand what they're trying to do. And the flag that shows you are listening is that you start thinking, oh, I know a technology that'll help with that. Rather than thinking, how do I fit a firewall into that? And so when you're forcing the solution, you walked in the room with, you look down, you got these six solutions you want to pitch. These six opportunities. I know we have the software over here. We see the opportunities you guys have. You walked in that room with those six opportunities and you're like, which one, how do I get them to understand that they need to buy this? And maybe it is something like there's a high risk and you need them to know about this, but listen, yep. are they okay with this? Two, does this help them with their business strategy? And that's the flag that show that you're listening when you, when you connect those dots. Oh, of the 13 opportunities I have, opportunity number eight is the one that's going to help them with their sales. Mm -hmm. Opportunity number five is the one that's going to help them with their employee retention rate. And so on and so forth. Then that's where number three comes up. You'll know you're making money for them and yourself yep. is yep. the ultimate culmination of, are you listening to your clients in QBRs? Is the solution you're giving them making them money and you money? Yes. And you should be completely open about that. Like, Hey, look, like I'm going to make like $2,000 off of this deal here but you're going to make 16. So mm -hmm. let's get this thing done. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. And <laughs> that, that collaborative sort of element is I think respected with business leaders. So yeah. if you're talking to someone who's running a business, they're doing that because they want to make money. So, and I've seen it. It's kind of weird when it happens, but I've actually seen account managers come in and, in some sort of weird way, they pretend that they're not making money off the deal that, you know, they're just doing this because they're a great company or whatever. And that no, nobody knows that no, nobody expects that you're going to work for free. They expect that you're going to make some money. Yeah. Um, and so when, when you're able to get in there and identify elements and show your clients how they're going to be able to make money and you can't do that on your own, you have to work with them to do that. But when you do that, 
um, your clients are much more willing to spend even more money. Yep. And, and this is where your margins really start to increase because your clients can easily see the value to their organization and they're willing to invest. I say this all the time, people invest in their business and they cut costs. All right. Those are the two you know, ways they spend money. If you're going to, if you're going to make investments, nobody wants to cut back on investments, right? They will if they absolutely have to, but they know investments generate returns, right? Um, and if they're looking to save money, they, they cut costs. So yep. are you a cost? Are you an investment? Yep. One of them is, uh, you know, the proverbial, you know, downward trend to zero. The other one is the sky's the limit. You just keep going up and up and up with them. So you've got to make that transition to investment versus cost. Yeah. And that's how you know you're listening to your client because you'll start at, over time. This becomes more. So like, you know, when you're organizing your opportunities on that roadmap, you're listening to everybody talk. You've got your project roadmap up like in our tool. You should be moving things up and down in priority mm -hmm. during those conversations so that you can say, oh, this one's really going to help with that thing that Bob said and open up that project. Say, Bob mentioned he's trying to um, make it easier to work from airports. He spends like six hours in an airport every month. Mm -hmm. You know what? If I got them that new feature on my firewall, it would be a seamless VPN connection for him and you wouldn't have to fight it all the time. Yep. Or if I were, I know that Sally is trying to get so she can share mm -hmm. the most common documents with her clients all the time. Um, okay, we need to get her on OneDrive and get her some education on how to share documents. Yep. Now you're thinking in terms of how am I solving Sally's problems? Instead of walking and saying, I need to sell them on OneDrive because that'll make me $2 more a license. Yep. Now, well, here's a really quick little trip tip on this as well. You know, like that airport deal. You know, if they're complaining about this, it takes so much work, you know, they're spending so much time, you know, traveling. Um, take note of that and entitle the project that, you know, the, the project name as you're putting it on the roadmap and talking with everyone about it now becomes, you know, make airport time productive, right? And, and the client understands, oh, that's value for me. I, I'm going to be able to actually get work done, maybe two or three hours worth of work done that I wouldn't be able to have really accomplished without this solution. And, you know, we've opened this new office. I've got to travel, you know, every other week. And I'm actually looking at a whole day or two every month that I get to be productive that I wouldn't without the solution. Right now, they don't care what it is. Right? They're, they're able to see the value in that and they're willing to spend on it. And, and this is the cool part about it is you could actually I'm not saying had your numbers, but once you know what the return is, uh, it helps you set expectations on what some of the billing is. So yeah. you might be thinking, oh, I think I can get this in at just, you know, a few dollars. You're already from from square one. You're already trying to, you know, cut costs and make this as cheap as possible. Yeah. But once you realize the value, you're like, you know, we could probably just charge a block of time for this. They would be happy. We yep. would make some good money and they'll get the productivity that they're looking for. It's a win-win for everybody. Yep. And that comes down to your active listening. So I hear what you're saying is you would like to make life easier for this employee. 
you would like to pay in blocks. Like you, you have a heart, you're, you're easier at raising funds because you have donors who will cover the cost. Okay. Tell you what, I will sell you a block of a hundred hours right now. It'll cost you, you know, $20,000, get a donor to pay for that. You will have coverage for the entire year. Oh yes. We love that. Um, okay. Let's do it. Hey, um, I, from what I hear you're saying is you guys are struggling with this thing. I, I know that if we, if we're to do this job over here, we could get that done. And then they will be more willing to listen to you when you say, Hey, we really need to replace that firewall because Florida gates being jerks and they're ending licensing on it. Yeah. We'd love to keep it running, but it's going to end. And so that's how the discussion works. And you sometimes have to like set the tone in these meetings because they're so used to being told what to do. They're just waiting for you to pitch them. Yes. Yes. They're waiting for you to pitch. You'd be like, Hey, you know what? We're a little different. We don't like to pitch. What we would like to do is hear from you, what you're trying to accomplish in your business, because there's 10,000 solutions out there in the market right now. And I could pitch you any of them. But if I hear from you, what you're trying to accomplish, I can I can use my my knowledge and my organization at the MSP and we can say, hey, look, these guys are really struggling with time cards, with mileage, with uh, travel or getting signage up in the area. Or maybe they're trying to figure out Google ads for crying out loud. Whatever it is, you can help. And that's what your job is as an IT provider. And during the QBR, the quarterly business review, you get to review what the business is trying to accomplish so that you can be a part of their success story. Because if I came into you as an MSP today and I said, hey, look, Humanize IT wants to, uh, wants to help you with your client interactions. I guarantee you $300,000 this year if you use our software. It'll cost you $5,000 today. Yep. I am willing to bet every single one of you would buy my product. Mm -hmm. Now, as it is, we walk in and we're going to help you sell and we're going to help you do better. But in your, in your client organizations, you can actually tell them things like this because they're going to say it costs us six hours a month to do timesheets per employee. Mm -hmm. And we're tired of it. And we're like, why does it cost that much time? Like, well, they've got to fill out this uh, Excel spreadsheet. They got to save it to SharePoint. And then the CFO has to review it. Like, well, how many employees do you have? We have 100 employees. And start doing that math. Mm -hmm. And then be like, you know, I can help you go to RFP for a timesheet system. And if it needs to be internal, we can do it. Or, you know, we can even find an organization to build one for you. But there's, great, there's plenty of timesheet systems out there. And we can help you cut through the crap and figure out which ones are worthwhile. Would you like us to do that? And the company would be like, holy crap, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you have a partner that does timesheet software and you've done a lot of done a lot of deployments with them. Like, hey, I can save you 600 hours a month if you buy this software. Yeah. You can do things like it, but only if you're in the QBR listening to the client talk about their business because they know how much things cost them. Just like you know how much things cost you in your MSP, they know how much a cookie costs at their bakery. They yeah. know how much it costs to board a dog at their kennel. They know how much it costs to employ the dentist at their office or attorneys, wherever it is. You 
simply need to listen for their pain points and find technology that's either going to help them get more out of the employee or is going to help them save time. Yeah. And well, you put things in context, you're not listening. Yeah. And, and, and this is that helping them with various solutions. This is where it becomes really, really important to start out without your preconceived notions. Yeah. Um, because they're going to mention things that you might not do. That might not be part of your standard stack of services. And I'm not saying that you would jump out and do all these other things because there's many valid reasons why you wouldn't. But as a technology professional, you can help them engage with other organizations or companies that would help them do that. And you feel a very vital role in just being an advisor, just helping them facilitate these various activities. And it, it works out in several really good parts because one, you get to kind of know what's going on. So if they're going to engage with someone who's going to write a custom app for them, all right, you don't do software development, right? But uh, they need something custom. Now you're actually helping them do that. You're going to be part of the process when the developers need access or when they start testing things out and you're seeing these massive hits on their their SQL server. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can actually make the whole process better, uh, which helps your client, but you can head off problems that could really give you headaches uh, later down the road that you would have to take care of. So yeah. there's just a lot of value in, in not necessarily providing the solution, but being a part of the solution and right. helping your clients do that. They, they look to you, they rely on you, and you're not actually doing the work, but you're and helping them get the stuff done. That's what we refer to as having a seat at the table. Yes. yes. You are an advisor. Sometimes you're not going to make money on a decision. Sometimes you are. Yep. And having that seat at the table means you are part of the business decisions, not on what to spend money on technology, but how to guide the ship that is your client in the right direction. And when you change your mindset around that from this is a company I need to sell to and tell them what to do with technology to this is a company I need to advise and fit technology into where appropriate. That is when you are going to start succeeding. That is the flag that says I am listening. You should yep. no, ma no matter what you pitch to this client, you should be able to put it in business context. This is going to help. And if the only thing you can think of is risk reduction for every single project, yeah. You're not, you're a risk officer. You're, you're a mid-level manager at best. When you start thinking like this project is going to make them money, this project is going to save them money. And here's how it's going to do it. This is going to help Alice get better at her job and get timesheets done faster. This is going to help salespeople sell more. This is going to take, this is going to reduce turnaround time on projects. When you start saying those things, when you're pitching solutions and opportunities, that is when you are properly doing QBRs. That is when you are actively listening and you are actively participating with your own seat at the table and they will start relying on you for other things. Yep. And it's a very enjoyable time in your business when you find yourself in that role. As an IT professional, when I started getting asked about different things, when I started getting asked about business strategy, 
that was really rewarding. When my projects mm -hmm. were solving major problems at businesses and helping them move forward, that was so rewarding. So much better than seeing a new server in Iraq, changing yep. out four U's and putting in a two-year server. So I had two more U's to deal with. Yes, that's rewarding because yep. it's organizational behavior. But at the <laughs> same time, it's not the same as I put this server in and I cut down SQL queries from 12 hours to three yeah and now they can they can process that many more jobs a day that's well, rewarding i think you've hit on a, a really good test there that you can kind of look at with your engagements uh and you know it's the fud factor the fear uncertainty and doubt if if you are relying on fud to persuade your clients to do everything then you're just a FUD monger, <laughs> right? And that, that's not a partnership. That, that's not long-term. That, that's not proactive. That's not helpful. There are things that are risk that we just have to mitigate, but you should be able to enhance their client's uh, experience and not just say, hey, you got to do this or the sky is going to fall on you. That people wear out, they get conditioned to that. And then you know, you get to the point where, yes, they really need to do this or the sky is going to fall on them and they don't. They just become immune to whatever you're saying. And then all sorts of bad things happen. They're mad at you. You're having to deal with it. It's just not good business. Yeah. So try to actively listen. Try to put things in business context. And no, you're not going to make them money with every project but you should at least understand why and how it's going to help their business in the same way, how it would help your business. Yep. And there's more than risk reduction out there. There's profit, there is employee efficiencies. There's lots of things you can do that technology is helping with. So good luck. And uh, we'll try next week to talk a little bit more about what the actual content and what great questions are like, what are the two cues? What about SWOT analysis? And how can we move forward in a QBR so that if your company isn't really being great about talking about business during QBRs, how do you get them there? How do you move from a reactive, task-oriented, process-oriented QBR to a, here is a business advice time with a group of people on the table who are going to come up with great solutions. All yeah. right. Thank you, Skip. We'll see you all next week. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.